It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. And be sure and check out my website. I just have a new website that is live right now, and it is beautiful. Thank you, Zach. And so be sure and check that out. There's a lot of great information there. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Greatly appreciated if you'd go to Facebook and like me and Twitter to follow me. Uh, We are offering you a conservatarian perspective, and we have quite a show planned for you today. Last night was Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. This is this uh, great study of the Federalist Papers. Uh, I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranwitter and his team at Speakeasy Ideas, and Jen Hewlin, owner of Water's Edge Winery in Centennial, to bring you Vino and Veritas. And it is a fascinating lecture series. It is sold out, which is great news. And the great news is, is we are working to address demand. I think in March, Bethany and Tom are going to have another Vino and Veritas, a new one uh, organized. So get on the wait list so that we know exactly where we are. So you can email me at Kim and Americhicks.com and we'll make sure that we get you on the, the wait list. Um, Big shout out to our January presenting sponsor, Harmony Ridge Construction. They are building homes and usually making friends in the process. So if you have a a project at home, uh, a new bathroom or a new kitchen or want to make that patio something extra special for the summer, Harmony Ridge Construction, Rafe Patton and the guys over there can certainly do a great job for you. And then February's presenting sponsor is Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And Springs right around the corner. Susan plans to open sometime in March. And so she'll be on in the second segment to talk with us about what she, her takeaways or what she learned last night. And um, so very excited about that. And uh, then in the third and fourth segment, in studio with me, getting up very early being here, is Ben Martin. Ben, it is so great to have you here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Kim. And, you know, you actually, uh, you did a class, America's, I think... Founding history, wasn't it? Heritage. Heritage, that's what it was. And you did a couple of them. And I I took those classes with you, and it brought the founders alive. And uh, when we first started Vino and Veritas, you sent me an email talking about the Federalist Papers. So I thought you would be the great guest to have in February. So it's great to have you here. I'm happy to be here and And, talk about that. And you like February because it is the birthday of... Well, Ronald Reagan, but Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. And uh, you're sporting an Abraham Lincoln beard today. We should be on TV. That that does for my presentations. It helps make them better because I get to talk a lot about Abraham Lincoln during this month, and it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So first thing, a little inspiration in the morning. Patrick Henry said, the battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. So that will send you off into the day. There you go. (laughs) And a little funny, Steve, producer Steve, let's see what you think of this one, okay? A man from the Soviet Union obtains a permit to move to the USA, and his new neighbor asks how much he likes his new apartment. 
And so he asked what his apartment was back was like back in Russia. He says, oh, my old apartment was perfect. I could not complain. So his neighbor then asked him what his job was like back in the uh, Soviet Union. Oh, my old job was perfect. I could not complain. So the neighbor asked what the food was like back in the USSR. Oh, the food was perfect. I could not complain. So puzzled, the neighbor finally asked him, if everything was so great in the Soviet Union, why did you move? And the man says, here, I can complain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, let's jump. I'm speechless. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump into the news, the headlines. And, you know, Steve, you, you found this in... I think it's really important. There's a narrative that is being pushed out there that people are not getting as large of a tax refund as they were expecting. So they're trying to diss the Trump tax cuts. They're trying to make people think that they're not really getting a benefit. But you have to understand, and Jason McBride, uh, presidential wealth management, has actually gone through and he has run the numbers. And it is astounding. We've done a show on that. Uh, that you you'll want to make sure that you go back and hear, and that is is that across the board he did all these different scenarios, and anywhere from I would say it's it's seventeen percent to twenty two percent even higher, depending on your income and if you have kids and whatever, but people across the board have more money in their pocket because they had a larger paycheck, but the narrative out there is is antithetic or is, is opposite of that, right, Steve? I first got wind of it on over the weekend, and apparently it was a tweet that Kamala Harris put out, and it suggested that people, you know, it, su- <laughs> it suggested that people who are getting either smaller returns or even maybe might end up owing, and it's all because of Trump. And I thought, okay, you're running for office, and I expect you to find any stick you can to beat Trump over the head. But yesterday... In trying to find that soundbite of Kamala Harris actually saying it, and she didn't obviously she didn't say it. It was a tweet, so I couldn't you know nail down the audio. What I did find was ABC News doing a story on the very same thing. Now Ben and I were just talking off air. This is ignorance is not a good thing, and now we're taking the general ignorance of the public in terms of what a tax return really is. There's a return and there's a refund. There are two oh, different things. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for the correction. Mm-hmm. What a tax refund really is. And apparently there's still a lot of people out there think it's some kind of a goodie bag that they're entitled to. And, and as Jason McBride had said from Presidential Wealth Management, that in essence, you are giving the, the government, if you're getting a refund, you have given the government a tax-free loan for the whole year. Exactly. And uh, so let's go ahead and go with the, those sound bites from ABC. <laughs> Hit that button, huh? Yeah. Next year, money, it's tax season, and the filing due April 15th will be the first full year of the sweeping Republican tax overhaul. But the first numbers from the IRS show that refunds are smaller this year, down 8%. The promise was that nearly everyone would do better. So what's going on? ABC's Kenneth Moten reporting on your money. Tonight, shock and anger from early tax filers. Those refunds, not as big as they had hoped, are not coming at all. I hate calling it a tax cut because it really wasn't a tax cut for me. The IRS reports the average refund for the first week of filing down 8% compared to the same time last year. It appears the biggest reasons, changes in deductions under President Trump's new tax law. 
And a nonpartisan government watchdog says for more than 30 million Americans didn't withhold enough from paychecks. The unfortunate result of that is that shortfall has to be made up at some point. That point is when you file your tax return. Frustrated filers taking to Twitter to complain. One person asking, will someone make my tax returns great again? South Carolina nonprofit consultant Eva Supersad is single, no children. Her pay jumped $1,000 in 2018. No changes to her withholdings. Last year's refund, $900. This year, she owes $26. I was actually counting on that money to pay for property taxes. And a lot of Americans feeling that same frustration we just heard. Kenneth Moten joins us live on set. And Kenneth, you have some tips for people who are going through this right now. I do, Tom. They should try to shake off those frustrations first. And then second, if your refund is smaller or you actually owe this year, tax experts say taxpayers need to take the time and work with your employer to withhold more taxes from their paychecks. Now, is it just me or is that mixed messages there? At the end, he finally tells them, well, it's up to you to make sure your withdrawals or your... uh, withholding is correct blah 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 but the whole premise of this thing is basically still getting in people's heads and saying well if your refund is less it has to be trump right but that very last sentence there was if you want a larger refund then work with your hr department to have them take more money out so that you're paying more money to the government all year long so you can get your money back at the end and feel good about that. And in essence, it's been a tax-free loan. That's not a great investment strategy. You'd like to try to get your the amount that you owe the government legally to, to zero and that your, your refund is zero. That means that you've done perfect planning then. There's something getting lost in translation there in people's heads. I mean, well, it's so fundamental, and yet they're not getting it. Did you hear, though, shock and anger, shock and anger? Yeah. I mean, that they're really, and, and ultimately, again, when Jason, when we talked to him at the bottom of the hour, he's gone through the analysis of that. And uh, so we're going it, to, it, it's a jam-packed show, so we're going to really hit that, though, so that'll be very, very important. A couple of other things, and this is regarding abortion. I saw over over the weekend as well. We had jumped in. We didn't do a lot of headlines yesterday, and so things got moved back a little bit because we had the that mom and dad from Boulder Valley School District talking about the the transgender agenda that's being pushed into Boulder Valley schools. Uh, but something very important that I saw this weekend was that the Trump administra- administration is going to cut off uh, funding to clinics that provide or refer for abortion from Title X funding. Now, uh, friends, why this is so important is Planned Parenthood has realized that money can be fungible. So uh, they, they basically, I think, have kind of two different entities. One that they say helps provide women's health, and then the other would be the abortion services. And so they've always said that none of the government money goes to abortion services. It all goes over here, they say, to women's health. And then in essence, though, uh, the, the uh, donations that, that they receive, they would say probably goes to the, uh, the abortion services. This is huge because Trump is saying if you refer for abortion, you're not going to get any federal money. And I've always thought that the first thing that we needed to do is to make sure that we as a society are not funding abortion and uh, now the veil is off with uh, governor ralph northam in virginia saying that uh, basically that they would abort children in the fourth trimester and then also the fact that new york uh, state is celebrating their late abortion 
uh, legislation. And then, Steve, as I was looking around this, my what something that's coming across, and I need to do some more research on it, is that Colorado is a late-term abortion state and that it has been a dest- destination state. So I need to do some more research on that. But the fact that the Trump administration is cutting off this this federal funding to clinics that provide or refer for abortion is huge. And uh, you had mentioned something uh, as we were uh, preparing about the um, Democrat uh, uh, politicians that had voted, voted against this legislation for life. Yeah, I saw the list not once but twice, and now when I want to actually lay my hands on it for your benefit uh i can't find it again but (laughs) anyway it was the list of the 40 senators or so that voted against uh you know this infanticide bill that was Mm -hmm. put forth and sure enough every one the notable dems who's running for the president's was on that list they voted no and three cheers for our own michael bennett who also voted no well that's very important because i think underlying this now that the veil is off on what is with Ralph Northam in, in Virginia and with New York, the veil is off on what's really going on with abortion. And a lot of people are going, wait a minute. This isn't what we thought. And you are seeing, uh, I, I heard yesterday, uh, one of the other talk show hosts uh, say that there seem, there's a, a poll out there that Americans are moving, moving uh, more and more in favor of uh, pro-life. And so I find that really exciting. So they're on the wrong side of the issue on this. Uh, we're going to have to go to break here. I could talk a little bit more about that, but let's go to break. We have a jam-packed show. You know, Steve, you know, one of the things that we do is I think that we take uh, two hours and we try to put it into one hour, but that way you've got a lot of information as you go into the day, but man, there's a lot out there. So before we go to break, we've got Susan Kochevar on the line. Can't wait to hear what she has to say about the Federalist Papers last night, but my story with Hooters Restaurants, they're a valued partner of mine, is the story of liberty, free markets, and a conservatarian perspective. It stems from when I served as a city councilwoman in Lone Tree. And if you're interested in learning more about this story, just email me at kimandamerichicks.com. Ben Martin, I love sports. Individuals working hard to be the best they can be, compete to win or lose. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. Uh, the Nuggets, the, the Avs, oh my gosh, they're, they're uh, exciting. And the baseball is right around the corner. And March Madness, I can't wait because I'm a KU basketball fan, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. So Hooters is the place to watch the games. Special start at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? You can have them delivered right to your doorstep. So when the girls come over on Wednesday nights, I order the Hooters new smoked wings. They're delicious and only half the calories for people that are watching their figure. I have a testimony about that, by the way. Do you really? Well, to a degree. We don't live, actually our houses are not very far apart. I know. And on Wednesday nights, I go out the back porch and I listen and I can hear that gathering. <laughs> you probably can. <laughs> it does get a little robust. So, But order your Hooters wings to go. Have them delivered to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the Americhicks. I would greatly appreciate that. We're going to go to break. Ben Martin's in studio to talk about the Federalist Papers. Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, will uh, chat with her regarding her presenting sponsorship of the Federalist Papers and her takeaways. We'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. 
Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. I got a woman. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We are dissecting the issues. News, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my new website, you guys. It is beautiful. And uh, sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Would greatly appreciate you liking me and following me. And I offer a conservatarian perspective. Uh, thrilled to have on the line with with us is Susan Kochevar. She is an entrepreneur. She is the owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. And you were the presenting sponsor for the uh, Vino and Veritas last night, Susan. So it's great to have you on the line. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Kim. It was great last night. Well, it was, uh, it's just, uh, Jen's place, it's warm and the food is great and great, great, uh, wine or whatever you want to, to drink there. And, uh, fabulous people. You know, every seat is sold out. And so that means that you can't come in as a couple and sit at a table for four by yourself. That means that people are getting to know each other. And I just love that. Oh, I loved it too. It was packed and, and I knew a few people and then quite a few more I didn't know, which I think is probably even the more exciting part. All these people here to study the, the Federalist Papers, the arguments made, the arguments that Hamilton and Jay and uh, Madison made to ratify that uh, Constitution, you know, um, there's so much in those Federalist Papers. I, I feel like my, I was cheated in my education when I was a kid. We didn't even look at the Federalist Papers. And Ben Martin's in studio here, too, Susan. You know, we are in a great battle of ideas in America today, and we have to know why we believe what we believe so that we can engage with our friends and our family and our colleagues uh, in reasonable conversations. And I, like you, I've never read the Federalist Papers, and this is, I'm so excited about it, but I feel cheated as well. And, you know, and I really had a, a good classical liberal uh, public education, but I didn't study the Federalist Papers. I look at the education that we are are, are giving our kids today. Uh, for example, you know, everybody's kind of whacking about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But we can't really laugh at her too much because she is a product 
of American public education today. And we need to take this seriously. And I think at some point in time, these young kids are going to go, wait a minute, you guys were lying to me and you cheated me on my education. That's why this Federalist Papers, this Vino Veritas is so cool. Oh, it's so important. You know, I hire a lot of kids and I talk to them a lot. And my biggest fear now is that uh, Cortez is just the tip of the iceberg. We have a whole bunch of kids who have been raised in our public school system who have been taught that, uh, you know, about global warming. And and they think that having children is uh, immoral because the planet is overpopulated. So I think we're just seeing the very tip of a very serious problem. Uh, these kids have have not studied anything. And, and I do want to actually amend what I said a little bit. I, I was flat out cheated. You know, when you study those Federalist Papers, it's so rich with history. I ref, it references all the prior types of government and examines the causes of war, what worked, what didn't. Um, you know, one through Federalist one through five goes through the relations with foreign countries, and talks about the different um, societies that they looked at. You know, they talked about what happened with Athens and Sparta and and all of England and Europe, and what caused the war, what made Britain strong, being on an island by itself. Uh, so many fascinating aspects, and it uh, uh, if you look at those arguments. You can see that they apply today uh, to things like the wall. I mean, that we're talking about building between the United States and Mexico. When you look at that, you can see the property rights issue as well as the state's uh, concern. And um, that fits into the Federalist Papers because one of the goals or one of the roles of the federal government was to protect the states from its uh, bordering foreign countries. And... Uh, so the, the founders would look through history and see, you know, was there a wall built in other countries? What worked? What didn't? Um, how do we balance all these rights? There's just um, a, a Hamilton had a, a line. He said to reason from the past towards the future in uh, in the Federalist Number Seven, and and we don't do that. No, I, I wanted to. You, you triggered something, Susan. You triggered me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you said something, and I just thought about this, and that is, I know that a lot of young people, and I think uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mentioned something about not having children. There's this concern about the wor- the earth, and that, uh, you know, that humans are, uh, you, you know, that the earth can't sustain humans, and, and that it's, as you mentioned, some of them are saying it's immoral to have a child, and I would submit to you, uh, having children in a family is—it's challenging sometimes, but it's really rewarding. But if we're just talking about, you know, methane, and if we're talking about, um, you know, breathing air and breathing out carbon dioxide, uh, what's the difference between uh, a dog also does that? And so many of our millennials love their pets, but so what's so different from a dog? And versus a baby, and I'm, I hope make sure that you have this in context as I'm asking this question. I would say not anything as you're talking about the environment because both breathe, breathe in oxygen, both uh, breathe out carbon dioxide. You know they they all everybody you know 
exudes uh, methane, there's not a real difference. And so once again, and this is going to be really tough for our young women, they're going to get past childbearing age and they're going to go, wait a minute, (laughs) this was a big lie. And I think that that's really hurtful, Susan. So a quick comment on that, then I want to talk about 88 drive-ins. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. How many of them are going to feel lied to and cheated uh, by the time they get to, you know, 45 or 50 and figure out that they have been lied to? Of course, who knows where we'll be at that point. But, uh, you know, I, and I think, you know, I certainly have the benefit of time. I can look back and see when I was young, all of the stuff the government said was going to happen, including global cooling, which I was terrified of because I, I don't mm-hmm. like the cold. Um, so I figured out, oh, pretty much nothing that comes out of the government is true. But well, I haven't been lied to like they've been lied to. Yeah, they have really been lied to. So, hey, we're about out of time. But first of all, uh, in the minute that we announced Vino and Veritas, it was almost like you picked up the phone immediately and said, I want to be a presenting sponsor. And thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it, it's something that people really need to study. And I, I'm 10 times happier that I... I made that call because I enjoyed uh, the readings and stuff. But, uh, you know, all that stuff actually helps small business when people understand government and its proper role. And I love running my business. We're looking to open in uh, mid-March or early April. One of the pictures I want to play is Shazam. So I encourage everybody to Google that. It looks like it's a great picture. And uh, I'll have more information as we get closer. Well, fantastic. And so Susan Kochevar, Historic 88 Drive-In Theater, presenting sponsor for February for Vino and Veritas. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do. Greatly appreciate it. And you are a valued partner of the AmeriChicks. So thank you so much. You as well. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, let's jump on over here with Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Jason, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing okay. I guess uh, you're pretty grumpy. I heard you watched a ABC news report <laughs> yesterday, and it got you all hot under the collar. Well, we had, yeah, you know, Steve and I were like, okay, we've got to talk to Jason. So we immediately sent it over there because you have gone through and done the analysis of, uh, you know, like married with two dependents and different income. And across the board, what you've seen, and this is for somebody in Colorado, Interesting, Colorado, if you pay Colorado income tax, generally it went up a little bit, and, we're, and we probably don't have time to talk about that right now. But across the board, we're looking at anywhere from a 12% to a 20, 33% um, decrease in your income tax rates. But you heard the ABC News report, so what say you, Jason McBride? Well, I say that isn't uh, the first of this either. ABC's just jumping on the bandwagon and... Uh, making it sound like just because your refund was a little bit smaller that, of course, the the tax cuts are all a lie and nobody actually got a tax cut. Uh, Yesterday on on even Fox, they were saying 17% of people are saying their refund are lower. Well, Kim, by the time everybody's done with their tax returns, it'll probably be 70 or 80%. Because why? Well, because you're... Your refund is lower because your withholding was different when the taxes changed, but that has nothing to do with the amount of actual tax that you paid. So you're right, Kim. I ran the numbers and did some comparisons. Let's talk about a couple of them. So here is uh, a person who had 150,000 of income, 
uh, a people, I guess I should say, married couple, two dependents, 150000 income, uh, and we'll just say they use the standard deduction. Uh, in 2017, uh, that person's federal and state tax combined was about $27,000, while under the new tax law in 2018, that same couple with the same income had a tax liability at $21,000. So in reality, Kim, their taxes went down by about 22%. Uh, it's an extra $5,900 in their pocket. It's just that it might have come through the whole year instead of getting less money all year and then getting a big fat check from the government after you do your tax return. Well, and uh, this is so fascinating. You know, Jason, if people would like this analysis, they could reach out to you at chickspresidential.com, couldn't they? And you could uh, you could get that to them because this is some important work that you've done across the spectrum. Let's talk about, let's do uh, a couple more quick-like. Okay, well, let's look at another uh, married couple with uh, two dependents. And let's just say these this couple has uh, less income. They only have about 75000 worth of income a year. Again, that couple in 2017 uh, would have had a combined tax rate of about 8%. Uh, their total, and this is both federal and state, total taxes would have been about 6100 Well, 2018, uh, same income again, 75000 married with two kids. Taxes are down to 4100 So their, their taxes got chopped by 33%. Wow. That's an extra 2000 in the pocket, but it just might not feel that way if you didn't adjust your withholdings, Kim. So what happened, you got a little bit more money in your pocket every paycheck for 12 months of the year, but because of the way the, the withholding changed, now instead of getting back whatever your $1,500 refund you're used to, you're only going to get back 200 And that's why people are, some people genuinely don't realize they think they're getting less money. But I can't imagine, well, let me, uh, I was going to say I can't imagine the media is that stupid, but actually I can. <laughs> uh, I just, let me say it's more likely that they know better, but they're pushing an agenda because they want to, uh, you know, discredit any positive effect of the of the tax cuts. But the, the numbers don't lie. You know, and we just had somebody text. She says, uh, oh, gosh, the tax lie really has me hot under the collar. They are blaming it on employers also. So let's uh, and there's one other one here. Let's see uh, another listener text. Bob out in Michigan, as someone such as yourself who has to write a check to the IRS every quarter, and he also says, "Tell Ben hello." So uh, let's do uh, let's do one more scenario on this, Jason. And then, if people would like more information, they can give you a call over at three zero three six nine four sixteen hundred three zero three six nine four sixteen hundred, or uh, just uh, check out chickspresidential dot com, and you can give them more information. What's the last one? Because you've done a whole bunch of scenarios. What's the last one you want to talk well, about? Let's, let's do one, uh, let's do a single person with no dependents. Okay. Uh, we do have single folks, too. So uh, 2017, single with no dependents, 100000 income. Uh, they had a combined tax rate of about 22%. 
Uh, so their taxes were twenty two thousand two eighty seven. Uh, twenty eighteen, uh, that same person has a tax liability of nineteen thousand four ninety. So again, they got a twelve percent decrease in actual taxes paid, an extra almost twenty eight hundred in their pocket. It's just again, it may have been spread out through the year instead of a you know what I like to call a babysitting check back from Uncle Sam in one shot. Wow, this is important. Jason, thank you for doing this because we have to push back on this narrative. The only way we can do that is to have the actual knowledge. This analysis that you have done is just amazing. And uh, we have a show. Now, I can't remember if we did that the live show or we have one that's recorded that's going to be coming up. But that's a really important information. But you know what? You and I did that podcast together. So people could go go find that, right? At- Absolutely. If you want to get more detail on this, go to uh, chickspresidential.com, click podcast, uh, find the one from a week or two ago. Kim and I talked about this, plus uh, Tabor in a lot of detail. And Kim, actually, uh, this show is still coming up. You and I recorded this one, and I think you're playing it uh, sometime what, within the next couple Wednesday of March. That's or right. That's right. It's going to yeah. be on March 13th. That's when it is. So, Jason McBride, thank you for this good information. Knowledge is power. We need to have knowledge so that we can have reasonable conversations with people out there. So, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye, Kim. Okay, we're going to jump to break quickly and then uh, get back with Ben Martin to talk about the Federalist Papers. He is a patriotic historian. You will not want to miss it. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues, news, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my new website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. I'm the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Would greatly appreciate you liking me and following me on Twitter. Offering you a conservatarian perspective. We're going to jump into the Federalist Papers here. Want to say thank you to the Harris family. They are the sponsors of the Federalist Papers segments here and uh, really appreciate their partnership. So thank you to the Harris family uh, because I am truly an entrepreneur. I buy my airtime. So that means I have full editorial control of what we put on here but that means that's <laughs> that means that i i buy my airtime and so that means i have to be out there finding these great and valued sponsors so obviously if you're interested in um, helping me out just let me know so jump in here ben martin Good we're a little we're a little short on time we've had such a jam-packed show you are an expert on the founding you have a heart for the founding you're an expert on lincoln and the federalist papers and it's so great to have you here it's so happy. I'm so happy to be here, really, Kim. It's so great to be here to talk about the Federalist Papers. I just wish we had more time. Now we're gonna have to. I'm, you're gonna have to go come really back, okay? Quick, yes. Well, like what uh, you'd said before, in in the format that uh, you're using right now with uh, Dr. Cranerwinner, is a f- type of format that you really need to talk about the Federalist Papers because there's so much there. 
uh, and and it really needs a thorough discussion. But I'm going to try to do to give everybody a little taste here, you know, to hopefully it'll be a, a taste that'll get them all interested in doing this and and in reading these things. And I just want to tell you that the Federalist Papers are simply the Federalists, which is what it was really called. We've kind of changed that a little bit in the modern era to call it the Federalist Papers, but the Federalists are the Federalists. Anyway, I'd like to say a couple of things to get everybody interested in it. First of all, what did Thomas Jefferson say back in 1788 about the Federalist Papers? He said it was the best commentary on the principles of government, whichever was written. And and I believe that's true. Uh, But he didn't just say that and pass it on. Forty year, almost forty years later, in 1825, at uh, close to the end of his life, he said something else again about them, and he said he recommends it as an authority on the distinctive principles of the governments of both Virginia and the United States, an authority to which appeal is habitually made by all and rarely declined or denied by any as evidence of the general opinions of those who framed and of those who accepted or ratified the Constitution of the United States on questions as to its genuine meaning. Now, there's so much there. Mm-hmm. It's just just amazing. And then to get, bring it up to more modern times, uh, the, the editor of this book that you guys are using, the mm-hmm. reference book, which is the best reference book for the Federalist Papers, in my opinion, in the opinion of people a lot uh, uh, more learned than I am. And that's the history. Signet version. That's Charles Kessler, right? It, well, or, it's uh, Charles Kessler. It was originally edited by by Clinton uh, Rossiter. Okay. Okay, and then he did it in eight, in 1961, and then Charles Kessler updated it and, and put an introduction in here that is just amazing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but let me just say what he said in, 18, in 1961 is he acknowledged the Federalist as the most important work in political science that has ever been written or is likely ever to be written in the United States. It is indeed the one product of the American mind that is rightly counted among the classics of political theory. And that's just amazing. And I think it really is. When you when you get to reading this and learning it, uh, you just are amazed at what they say in here, in, in the foresight they have. But the reason they have the foresight is they go back and learn the lessons of mm-hmm, history. Mm-hmm. And then they can use those to apply them today. And that, that's what I don't understand about today's history, teachings, and everything like that. And tearing down statues and... Yeah, you destroy. I mean, that's what the Taliban did, you know, destroyed all these wonderful statues that are thousands or or at least a thousand years old there. And why do that? You know, I mean, why destroy that? Because without the knowledge of of history, as we say before, the the good and the bad, you have a conscience. I mean, that's how you develop a conscience. You learn what's good and what's Mm -hmm. bad. You try to avoid if you're if you're halfway decent, you try to avoid the bad Mm -hmm. and only do the good. But history is just the story of human nature. And you have to learn it because it teaches you all these lessons that are repeated over and over again. So when we talk about this and and we talk about this, this book, I, I just want to recommend it to everybody and there, there's one thing that that uh, Clinton Rossiter had not done, that uh, Charles R. Kessler did when he reintroduced this book, and he put in just a phenomenal introduction 
which is all, it's 25 pages long. Mm -hmm. I I would buy the book just to read the the introduction because it's just so full of facts and and everything that you would need to to have a basic background before you started studying. Before I read this book, I read the, the introduction at least twice. Okay. And since then, I've read it many more times because it's so important to your basic understanding before you get into it, which is what an introduction is supposed to do. And Charles Kessler, who you're talking about, uh, Dr. Cranowitter, uh, he, he is Dr. Cranowitter's mentor. Oh, that's great. Isn't that cool? That so. is really cool. Yes, it is. So when we talk about this, some of the things besides the introduction that I want to talk to everyone about is that in this book, one of the, one of the other great things they have is, is a, is a presay in here of each one of the Federalist Papers. And Presay is an introduction or, you know, condensation of, the, of what's taught or, or, or what's the most important things of that particular one. So all of the, all of the Federalist Papers, all 85, have a Presay in it, you know, which is just a paragraph, so that before you read it, you take a little bit of time to read that, mm-hmm. you know, just a paragraph, so you have an idea of what's being said so you can put it into perspective. And I think it's really important, all the things that are in here. The, the, what I want to say about the introduction, too, is the introduction has endnotes in it. And all the endnotes in the introduction and all the endnotes when you talk, in the Federalist Papers itself mm-hmm. gives you historic, uh, historic understanding of what the Federalist, what the Federalist at all, what Publius is talking mm-hmm. about in the Federalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when they, they make references to the different societies, you know, the mm-hmm. Greeks, the Romans, and different incidents and different people, and you go, and they use words that were used back there that we don't use so much today. And it explains what those words mean to people. So if you really want to do it, you have to put a little bookmark in here so when you get to a footnote, you just go back and you read the endnote so that you can better understand the history of what's going on. So you, do you understand the lessons that the Federalists know, that the Publius knows, that he's trying to teach you and, and what they use, what they rely upon to build the government that we have today? Okay, Ben Martin, we're going to have to go to break. I, yeah, we've, we've got to get you back. And several things, though. First of all, we always ho- I ho- always hope that you have some nuggets of wisdom from the show. And the one that uh, I just heard you say, history is the story of human nature. It is. Oh, man. You have to learn it. I mean, that's human nature is human nature. It never changes. It's just like our nature has never changed. And, and that's what the progressives and we differentiate right. because the progressives think, that human nature can be perfected. Well, I think human nature can be improved by education and in the education of virtue, which is taught by learning history and the lessons of history. But it can't be perfected because we'll always do bad things. Right. We're just humans, and we, we make mistakes all the time. And that's why we have religion and, and, and moral teachings, and we learn about the virtues from Aristotle. And it teaches us how to be better people. And that's what we should be doing our whole lives. Absolutely. We're going to go to break. Uh, one of, tomorrow, I'm going to have uh, Cassie George in studio with me. She is a marvelous millennial. And we have agreed that we're going to go through the Communist Manifesto. But as I was preparing mm. for, uh, you know, just the information on that this week, I saw that the front of one of the Communist Manifestos, they had a picture of Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know what? Those are old white guys. 
But those, the people that are trying to, to go after the founders, they call them old white guys, but yet you have your socialists over here. Correct. That they're following old white guys. And I would submit to you that the founders' vision is, is much greater for individual thriving and prospering than, uh, than Karl Marx's. But let's go to break. I think, question, I think one of the things that you had, had uh, written to me was about Publius. I think that would be a great thing for our uh, listeners to understand who is Publius. Sure, I'll be okay. happy to talk about that. We'll be right back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Someday. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, dissecting the issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my new website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of upcoming guest topics and important events. I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Greatly appreciate it if you would like me and follow me and offering you a conservatarian perspective. We're talking about the Federalist Papers with Ben Martin, who's in studio. And thank you to the Harris family for uh, their partnership on bringing the Federalist Papers to you. So, Boy, we've got a lot to talk about. A couple of things. I mentioned that Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels are old white guys. Now, it seems in academia that as they've been trying to discredit the American idea, discredit the founders, they call them old white guys. But I'm like, wait a minute. All these socialists over here are, are following old white guys. So explain that to me, uh, Ben Martin. Well, the, the thing that I want to make a point of and I think is really important is the philosophy of those old white guys that – or talking about the Communist Manifesto, they, their, their, their solid beliefs, their philosophy is that there are no such things as, as these virtues or these values that transcend time and are universally accepted, and that will be that way forever. They believe in something called historicism, and they believe in relativism, that nothing, you know, nothing lasts a long time, no values. Our old white guys had values that were proven by the lessons of history, and they are applied to the government that we have today and the Constitution, which is the one we have a Constitution. We, we have a Constitution that is longer and it's lasting any, than other, any other written Constitution in history. So those values do last over time. They're timeless and universal. They can be applied anywhere. And they're based upon the principles of liberty that are found in our Declaration of Independence. And those are those are lasting, those are timeless and universal principles. And and they do not destroy rights. They do not take away rights. They add to the rights. They they are in consonance with 
with those universal rights. And that's our government that has lasted. Although people are trying to tear it apart. They have been for over 100 years in this progressive education that we have. But but I'd like to say a little bit, we talked about where we're going to, I know we have a short amount of time, and to talk a little bit about Publius Valero Publico and why was he chosen? You know, the, the anti-federalists chose guys like Brutus and Cato and all these things. But, 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 so explain, so that was in their... That was, was in the Anti-Federalist Papers, okay. where they called themselves, when they wrote things, they tried to keep their anonymity, too, and they used, they used pseudonyms, just, okay, like the, okay. just like our founders did, to confront us and to challenge these different okay. papers. So uh, Publius Valerius Publicola, Publius would be like your first name, like Kim, okay. in, the, in the Roman convention. Valerius would be the, their family name, and then Publicola would be his nickname. Okay. So Publicola, as we all know, means he's a friend of the people. And, and that's where he got that, because before he was a council. Now, in, in the, the executive in the Roman system, the Ro- Roman Republic, was called the council. And there were two councils, because sometimes the council had to go out and lead the army to fight against the enemies or to fight the foes coming in. And so one had to govern and the other one had to go out and fight. And it didn't matter who was, or sometimes they would both be out fighting. So, so he was, we had two when they started the Roman Republic back in 509 B.C. And one of them was uh, somebody that was related to the old kings of Rome. And he tried as the council to after the Romans had thrown out the kings and started their own republic, he tried to bring their name back into the running of, of Rome. And so they, they, he soon found out that he couldn't do that, so he quit. And so that's when Publius became one of the two councils leading Rome. And he was council for four different times, not all successive, but four different times. They really liked him. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the guys that was credited with fighting the fights and reestablishing the republic or keeping the republic alive and then to furthering it by producing laws that were good for the people, just like ours were, to respect the people's rights. He also, the, the Roman council always carried the fascists when he went into uh, when he was when he walked around and also when he went into the Senate to talk, he carried a what? The fascist. The fascist is a is a is an axe that is surrounded by rods, and that was carried around to show that he had power and that you could either be beaten with the rods, the sticks, or you could be killed. That is that was, where the the word fascism comes that's, from? That's exactly right. Yeah. Fascinating. So one of the things that Publius did was he took the axe out of the fascist in, it, when, he went into the, when he went into the Roman Senate to show his respect for the people in the, in the legislature, which, which was an amazing thing that had never been, that had never been done before, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of great things that, that he did, and he fought, for, he fought for the Roman Republic several times. That's what... The, the councils had to do. They had to go out and lead the army. They had to actually get involved in, in, in the fight. So that's a little bit about Publius. Uh, Interesting. And, and so that's why the, uh, the three guys that we think so much of, Hamilton and Madison and Jay, that's why they accepted that, because that meant that this guy 
established a, established a republic, put out laws, and he founded the republic, and he kept it going. So that's what they wanted to do. That's what they wanted to do, too, and that's how they wanted to be remembered. So when we, when we go back, I want to go back quickly to the Federalists because I want to kind of give an overview of this so that, so that people understand when they're reading this that there were two parts to the Federalist Papers. You know, the, when they started writing it, Hamilton thought that there would only be 20 or 25 papers that he would have to write. But as he got into this and he realized how complicated it was and how much the people needed to understand it, he wrote more and more and more papers to where it actually got to be 85. So in March, when, he, when they were finished with the first 36, the, he, started, he published that in a volume. And the Federalist that he wrote was two volumes. And the first part is, the, is 1 through 36, those, those articles, 1 through 36. And, and in the organization, that's the other thing that you get out of, out of this book here when you read the, the part that I was talking, what I was talking about before, the, the, um, the introduction. He gives you an organization of what the papers will be. So the first part is utility of the union. And, and that's to tell you why the union is important to your preservation in your life. And so that's the first part. And the first part is really what we call the low part of the Constitution or the low part of the Federalist Papers because it talks about the necessity for union, the utility of union. And it is to, as, as what uh, Susan was talking about before when she was talking about those, those first articles, she was talking about that was telling you the dangers that were out there from the other aid, from the other nations in the world and from some of your own that so this whole part of the first part called the utility of unions was for security and preservation that you had to have this because you can't do anything else without that yeah that's like maslow's hierarchy of mm-hmm. needs you have to protect yourself mm-hmm. you have to secure yourself before you can do anything else mm-hmm. and so that's what this is all about and so then the second part, and that's what really kills me when I hear all of these people on the air, all of these learned people on the air talking about our democracy, our democracy, our democracy. I know it. Uh, number nine talks of, number nine is a really important one because Montesquieu is the author that is most cited by the founders, the framers, when they were at the Constitutional Convention. And Montesquieu said, you cannot have a republic over a large over a large space, and so the second so the so he talks about that in nine. The founders talk about that that we have a different we have improved the science of government with things like uh, like the balance of power, the checks and the checks and balances, the separation of powers, the extension of the sphere. We make it bigger, and so we believe we, we go against Montesquieu, which was really hard for the founders to do because everybody cited Montesquieu for just about mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. And so, but the second part, the, num- the second volume, which starts in 37 and it goes all the way to 85, talks about the higher aims of government. And it, and it talks about instead of just that the Constitution is necessary, it talks about the Constitution is choice-worthy. It talks about, and, and what it really says is, it talks about the second part is why the Constitution is, it follows the true principles of a republic, 
of republicanism. And we talk about this all the time. And our founders fought over and over and over again to say this is a republic. Benjamin Franklin, when he went outside the Constitutional Convention after it was all over, it was asked by Susan, Susan Powell. Yeah. And what was that quote? It was a republic, madam if you can keep it, which talks about responsibility. And the last thing I want to say in that part of this book that we talk about is responsibility is a word that was developed by the founders. And so when I say that liberty is a responsible exercise of freedom, that is exactly what the founders meant. And you, to really understand that, you have to read this book and you have to read the introduction. Okay, Ben Martin, we're going to have you back. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. Thank you to the Harris family for sponsoring this show. Today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Aha! So God bless you and God bless America.